here's a message from Ken Lavica. This isn't a talk about pressure. Every NFL head coach has it. But what about something to prove? Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. Hey, Jeanette, it's pretty safe to say that anytime. Oh my God. Which, which coach has the most pressure? That's kind of a silly question because when you're one of 32 in the NFL, uh, y'all have the equal amount of pressure. No? Not really. Uh, it's high pressure. Everything is high oh, pressure. Oh, yeah. High pressure, yes, absolutely. Yeah, again, it, the, 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 it's all pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys might be on the verge of being fired more so than other guys, but it's all pressure. It's all if things start to go downhill, you're in deep crap. I don't, I don't love the pressure discussion, but what I do believe in is, hey, there's still question marks about you, so show me something. The NFL, football, that's a show-me business. It's not just the NFL. It's college football, but it's show-me. I mean, hell, Jeanette, we get on the air every day. This is a show-me business. If we're not entertaining, if people aren't listening, if people aren't patronizing our partners – then we're out of work. It's it's really every day. We can't I, I can't jump on the air and open up the New Testament and start reading from Second Corinthians and people are gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna give that a go tomorrow. I mean, maybe a couple of people who are like, oh, I didn't see the Bible stuff coming, <laughs> but probably not the wide, broad audience, right? I, I feel like it would definitely get a lot of ears on the show. But more for the controversial reasons and the fact that, like, is Ken okay? Uh, yeah, what happened to right. him? Why the hell is this guy reading from the Bible uh, at noon on a, on a Friday? Uh, by the way, 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. That's something we need to uh, to look up real quick. 2 Corinthians. I'm pretty sure 2 Corinthians is love is kind, love is patient, love endures all things. Oh, my God. Are you serious? How the hell do you know that? That's Remember, I used to be a youth pastor. Common oh, knowledge. Lord. Uh, so Stone, will uh, his first contribution to today's show will be to look up if 2 Corinthians is an Old or New Testament uh, book in the, uh, in the Bible. Uh, over the last couple of days, especially since the Aaron Rodgers hard knocks uh, documentary experience has taken place, and it is the New Testament. So we're off to a good start on this Friday. 2 Corinthians. I was wrong. Um, second Corinthians is not love is patient. Love is kind. That's first Corinthians. Mm, honest mistake. <laughs> Common mistake. Uh, but, but there's a lot of Robert Sala in this thing. And Robert Sala on the latest episode of hard knocks goes off on his offensive line. And he's saying things like, Hey, you can have a hall of fame quarterback. You can have an old pro running back. You can have uh, future Hall of Famers on the outside, but this team's only going to go as far as you offensive linemen. You guys up front are going to go, and he really gets into him. This is caught on camera. Uh, and, and this has been an interesting training camp for Robert Sala because there's been a lot of offseason movement. There's been Aaron Rodgers. 
There's been the return of Brees Hall. There is Garrett Wilson on the outside. Now there's Dalvin Cook. There's that exceptional defense. And this is still a man who does not have a a playoff appearance under his belt as a head coach. This is also the same guy who was sort of sucked into a coach-on-coach controversy earlier in camp when uh, Sean Payton out in Denver uh, started to to really uh, stand up on the podium and advocate for Russell Wilson by eviscerating Nathaniel Hackett, the not-quite-one-year head coach of the Denver Broncos last year. And if you recall, this was the, the famous cringe, corny line from Robert Saul about whether or not he had any comment on Sean Payton taking Nathaniel Hackett to the woodshed. Well, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean on that. Is he? You know, he's been in the league a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. I kind of live by saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. You know, it's uh, still, still, still can't stand that. Uh, but the more and more that the signings pile up, that the Jets. I mean, Jeanette, the best way to describe the Jets, I think, is they're going for it. Right. That's the only way to describe the New York Jets is they're going for it. all in. There is more hype, there is more expectation, there are more eyeballs, more ears, any extremity on your body uh, that are are uh, fully focused on the Jets than any other team, Stone, and I don't think it is close. In fact, I can't really remember the last team that was so head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to pure attention given to in training camp. I do, I, I truly do not remember it because this, to me, this is extreme. Like, it's all Jets, and then it's a precipitous fall to the field. Yeah, I think in retrospect, you're looking at the L.A. Rams at the time, right, when they went all in. When sure, when, Char- they got, uh, when they got Stafford and they LBJ. had, yeah. Right, yeah, but, yeah. but with that being said, the attention as far as the offseason that the Jets are getting, it just doesn't compare to the Rams. So if the Rams right. are the closest to and it's not comparable, yeah, the Jets are in just a league of their own right now. Because that's the Rams. And it's Matthew Stafford, who's even his, though it's L.A. Yeah, who's is is sort of calm and even killed as they come, unless you're a photographer and you fall off the stage. Is there an argument where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when they got Brady, okay, that's an good. argument, yeah. and they brought everybody, and then they won a Super Bowl? Okay, I that's like, really good. That's really good. You're thank right. You. Um, I uh, that's a terrible miss because that was like. Four years ago. Don't worry, I'm here to put Tom Brady anywhere where he belongs. It's definitely a terrible miss on our part, and it also makes sense that Jeanette chimed in with that. But I think with the Jets, like other positions are getting attention. I know we're doing the fawning over Aaron Rodgers, but when it was just Tom Brady, it felt like it was just Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers were the same Buccaneers that had been there. So there's a little difference, but at the same time, the attention definitely matches up. I am going to retract my earlier statement about not remembering the last time that there was a team that was head and shoulders above the rest of the league in terms of training camp attention, because Jeanette's right. Brady, Gronk, Brown, Arians, that entire thing, uh, that was that was pretty, pretty extreme. Now, in my defense, that was all happening during COVID times and we all had our attention diverted in a million different directions. I didn't. That was my shining like hope of <laughs> life. I did not. Jeanette I was like, this is something I'm absolutely looking forward to. Uh, but the, the Jets now, they are certainly the winners of training camp uh, by a wide margin. Nobody's going to catch them in terms of training camp attention. Robert Sala, I've said it before, Stone. You've heard me say it before. I've said it on this air, but I will, I will, I will repeat it again. 
I truly believe if the Jets don't make the playoffs, at the very least, if the Jets are not a playoff team with everything they've done, full bore, head down, all in, into making this thing a juggernaut, if the Jets miss the playoffs, Robert Sala not only deserves to be derided and criticized, I think that the Jets would fire him. This is a, hey, we delivered everything to you on a golden platter. Out of a dark basement in the Pacific Northwest, we brought to you Aaron Rodgers. Okay? From the the frozen tundra of the, the pine forests of Minnesota, we delivered you Dalvin Cook. Okay? We drafted you the bull that is Brees Hall. We got you the silky, smooth Adonis that is Garrett Wilson. Now go bring them to the playoffs. No excuses. Robert Sala, I believe, if he does not bring this team to the playoffs, that's it for him. He has a lot to prove. Robert Sala has, to me, the most to prove of any NFL head coach. Period. And I've told you time and time again how much I think that's blasphemy. And I I think a part of that goes to Aaron Rodgers, right? When you talk about how he reconstructed his contract, Aaron Rodgers isn't just giving the Jets this one season. If anything, it's two. If anything, it's three. And I understand that he's 39 years old. But I think if Rob Sala is going to go, it's going to be on that sword that is Aaron Rodgers. And he goes out with Aaron Rodgers and they find themselves a new regime and whatnot. I don't think that Sala would go before Aaron Rodgers would go. I don't think you'd bring in a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers at this time with a brand new head coach, the math just doesn't add up for me. Though. Let me tell you the tale of a man named Eric Mangini, <laughs> former New York Jets head coach, who also was in his third season at the helm of the New York Jets. The tale of a man who was hired by Mike Tannenbaum, who joins us at 1.15 here on Ken Levick Alive, our NFL insider. At that time, he was the Jets general manager. The story of Eric Mangini and the Jets begins in 2006 where Eric Mangini led the Jets to a 10-6 and record and a trip to the postseason. The playoffs, if you want to call them by their alternate name. That puts Eric Mangini at playoff appearances 1, Robert Sala, 0. In that year, he helped the Jets improve from 4-12 and to 10-6, and and Chad Pennington was named Comeback Player of the Year. Eric Mangini... Hot start as the head coach of the Jets. The next year, though, things started to plummet. Free fall, as they do when you're an aviation mascot. The Jets went 4-12, and didn't make the playoffs, had all sorts of problems. But then in 2008, what did Mike Tannenbaum do? He went all in. He went for it. And he was able to lure Brett Favre, the future Hall of Famer, Former Green Bay Packers quarterback. Huh, I'm starting to see some parallels here. Lured him out of retirement. The New York Jets that season started 8-3, and three, and then the bottom fell out. And, uh, Jeanette, do you want to tell me what happened to Eric Mangini after that 2008 season where they started 8-3 and three and then the Jets did not make the postseason with a former Packers quarterback under center that year, by the way, 2008, the Jets won the training camp attention of the year award. What do you think happened to Eric Mangini? You're fired. That's right. Fired. Eric Mangini, two years prior, had brought the Jets to the playoffs. 
Robert Sala's in year three. Last time I checked, no playoff appearance. He was part of the decision to bring in Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU, who's turned out to be nothing but a big blonde flop. And so now you go all in with Aaron Rodgers and Robert Sala not only has a lot to prove, he has his job to save. That is the tale of Eric Mangini and how it applies to Robert Sala. Yeah, on paper, there are a lot of scary parallels. I guess mm-hmm. the one point that I would argue and the one point that I feel most strong about is you go from 4-12 and 12 to Brett Favre, opposed to 7-10 and 10 to Aaron Rodgers. And I know it doesn't sound all that different, but along with that 7-10 and 10 record last season for the New York Jets, you have arguably one of the best defenses in the league. Okay. Argues, arguably one of the youngest teams in the league. Right, you have a rookie in the year and a defensive rookie there, guys who are coming up and guys who are, like you had mentioned, Rob Sala's guys. So I think the feel is just a little different than an abysmal 4-12 and ten, four and 12 that you saw from Mangini the year before Brett Favre. This is also giving me a lot of Philadelphia Eagles dream team vibes. Like mm-hmm. you have all of these incredible star players coming together, Super Bowl or bust, win the division or bust, and what happened with that dream team as well. Brees Hall's 21 years old. Brees Hall's coming off an ACL injury. Garrett Wilson's 21 years old. Garrett Wilson's going into only his second year. Sauce Gardner's going into only his second year. So this isn't dream team vibes. This is a young team who has a lot of potential. And if you're the GM and Woody and the rest of the gang, I think this is something that you have to give time. This just doesn't feel like a dire situation. I don't think Rob Sala, he may be top five on this list, but there are guys ahead of him that are under a lot more pressure and scrutiny than he is right now. Where I agree with Jeanette about this being Dream Team vibes is you're right. That Dream Team was brought together. It was all acquired for the most part. This has been a mix of homegrown uh, and acquired. That said, the natural, the natural, the national perception, the agenda has been Dream Team-esque. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the Jets... Don't Because don't forget, the Dream Team quote came from Vince Young. It came from inside the facility. I would argue, though, fair or not, the national agenda, because especially of Aaron Rodgers, is Dream Team-esque. Mm-hmm. And I would argue the Jets' attention this year is significantly greater than anything that Dream Team Philadelphia Eagles lead-in was. So for me, Robert Sala has infinitely the most to prove. The jury's out. Through the first two years, hey, that defense is pretty good. But what else? What else? Because if the offense, even with these pieces, can't match the proficiency of the defense, that's going to mean bye-bye to Robert Sala, in my opinion. He has the most to prove this year of any NFL head coach. Which NFL head coach most has something to prove this year? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Social media, at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And an even more damning testament to Eric Mangini, and I think uh, to Mike Tannenbaum making the right decision. And as much as people give Mike Tannenbaum crap for his job as an executive, man, he had that thing going with the Jets. He then had the foresight to go get Rex Ryan from the Ravens, who was the then defensive coordinator. And what did the Jets do? Back-to-back AFC title game appearances. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to know when to cut bait. And Robert Sala, all indications are he's a good guy. Uh, A little bit corny when he starts dropping the hip-hop lyrics in press conferences. Rob Sala, good guy, great defensive mind, but he's done nothing to show me that he can coach a football team where the offense is anywhere close to the defense. And that inherently is a problem, especially in the division. 
in which Robert Sala plays. And so it's nothing against Sala. All I'm saying is sometimes tough decisions need to be made. And when you have that collection of talent with the Jets, this is going to be very much a, we need to see something because we spent a lot of money and we've done a lot in terms of draft capital and we've put this whole thing together. It's not, it's not on Woody Johnson. It's not on the front office. Like Robert Sala is going to be the one that meets the ax. Uh, because it's it's not just been pre-camp, it's been in-camp. It's been spending the money on Dalvin Cook more than many think now a running back should be paid, especially that age, up over $7.5 million. That's significant, significant stuff. So that's my argument. It's nothing personal, but that's my argument for why Robert Sala has the most to prove and why, if they don't make the playoffs, I think he's out of here. So you mentioned getting the axe, right? And you also mentioned the offense having to match what that defense brings to the table. And not even, not even match. Like, get within the same solar system. 100%. So, so let's play this scenario out then. The Jets are 3-7. and seven. The offense is nowhere to be found. We're questioning Aaron Rodgers. You don't think, as far as who's going to get the axe, Nathaniel Hackett comes before Robert Sala, you don't think he's the easier guy? You've been here six months. You're clearly not what we were looking for. Sorry, Aaron. Nathaniel Hackett will turn into the scapegoat in this situation more Could, so than Robert but Sala. I would get. I would. I would think that the the warning signs, the red flags, would go up that there might be an issue in season, and so Sala in season would be the one who said, "Hey, Hackett." Got to go. And then there's a full-fledged review at the end of the season, and that's where it's determined Robert Sala just isn't the guy. And don't forget, Robert Sala made the decision to bring Nathaniel Hackett in. Right, and I, I think the, the, the pitchfork mafia that that, that but, is of the New York fans are going right, to be like, this is Nathaniel Hackett's Sala's, Sala's already done the get rid of my coordinator thing. He's already used that card. So that's the problem. How many times can you go to that back? I mean, you brought in a quote-unquote incompetent guy as far as how the general public views Nathaniel Hackett, so I think it would be pretty easy to get rid of him if push came to shove. But then that's an indictment, right, Jeanette? Isn't that an indictment on on, on Robert Sala mm-hmm. for doing that in the first place? I mean, I think when you brought in Aaron Rodgers, you knew you were almost bringing in Nathaniel Hackett. It's an indictment on both of the guys. Like, thank you, Aaron. Why did you do this to us? In a sense, we saw what he did last year, and now you brought it this way. So It's like almost a double-edged sword. Uh, John and Jensen on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, John? Yeah, so Stone Stone stole my thunder there. Hackett is definitely the fall guy if the defense plays well and the offense struggles. He he was terrible last year in Denver. I mean, terrible. And now, if their offense is terrible, he goes way before Sala. But the coach, I think, in the NFL that might actually have more pressure is in Vegas. Man, Josh McDaniels, second run as a head coach, right? Yeah. Hasn't done anything outside of under Belichick's wing in New England. I think that guy has a lot of pressure on him. Yeah, because I think someone argue and appreciate the call, John, that he shouldn't even get, he shouldn't even have gotten a second chance with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that yeah, second year and there was nothing, there was nothing from the Raiders that makes you feel good about anything last year. Yeah, I think I, I think he he's got to prove something, especially speaking of spending money. The Raiders have done just that. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and defend Robert Sala. I don't want to keep doing that. But I, I do think Josh McDaniels is ahead of Sala on this list, right? If you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo after getting rid of Derek Carr the way that you guys did and you guys fumble this entire season away, similar to what you did last season, I mean, he's gone. Like that, That's such you an think, easy. You think that Josh McDaniel has, uh, needs, has more to prove than Robert Sala does going into this year? I 100% do. I think you're almost being jaded by the fact of, uh, like you had hinted at earlier in the show, just the the – the magnitude of the attention. So he ran off a fan getting. favorite. You ran off a fan favorite. You're bringing a guy who nobody really is wanted. Is he healthy? 
is he healthy, right? The fan base okay. didn't ask for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, what are we even doing here? He's definitely into the discussion. I'm not willing to put him ahead of Salah. I, I think Salah, with everything the Jets have done, that makes him prime, most approved. McDaniel's certainly within this discussion. Which NFL head coach most has something to prove this year? 888-760-3776. Uh, Jeanette, for you, who who resonates with you that uh, you need to, you need someone to, or him to put forth a, a resume this year where you say, all right, now I trust you. All right, Bill Belichick. That is the first name that came to mind when Bravo. I wrote this. Bravo. Who, the- who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought we'd be saying, hey, Bill, Bill Belichick has something to prove? But you're right. And I think he's. this is like his third chance right now to prove something. The Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick conversation is officially overcapped. We've all moved on from that. That lasted a solid two seasons, which was, I believe, one season overdone. And then you, we had, okay, let's see what he can do with Mac Jones. That was obviously a failure. And now you're bringing Zeke in for a one-year contract. Is this, like, what are you going to do now? So it's Bill Belichick. This is your third chance right now to give the Patriots a name that they maybe had, but I don't know. Bill Belichick is on the clock for me. I think there's no doubt. I don't even know how to detract that. And and you're right. The discussion of what was the biggest factor in making the Patriots the Patriots, it's a pretty wide gap between Brady and Bill Belichick right now. Uh, one One person left that and thrived. Mm-hmm. And the other person backed into the postseason his first year without him. And then it's been messy since then and ragged and drama filled and rough. I think that's a really, really tough one to argue. I don't think we fully understand how hot and heavy that narrative is going to hit in week six. I think every show, whether it's television, radio, you know, reporters, anything written, that this narrative is going to get going in like week six when this team is two and four. We're going to start having this conversation in a real way. Bill Belichick's going to start catching flack in his postgame pressers. I think it gets messy this year more so than last year, and I uh, I couldn't agree more that he's in the mix here. I, I, I That's wild to me. Like, think about it. The great Bill Belichick, who could do no wrong, the cerebral assassin of NFL coaches, always finds the edge, and here he sits now going into year three, year four, without Tom Brady. And it's to the point with me, again, going back to the you know, third chances, uh, I wonder how, if he does go, like two and six, whatever, the beginning of the season, how tough is that going to be on his legacy here? And I hate to drop that word, but it's like it, there's so much more negative than positive right now about Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. It's wild to me. Well, I think the tough part is going to be, and I, I remember this growing up, in Chicago when things started to go south for Mike Ditka. Um, It was very difficult for Bears fans as a collective to finally come to terms with the fact that this ain't getting any better. The bottom is falling out of this thing. And so by the time like 1992 hit, the writing was on the wall that the great Mike Ditka, the face of the Bears organization, the Super Bowl champion... Uh, it was going to be time to turn a page. And it's uncomfortable, and it's awkward because this person was infallible, uh, especially someone of that personality. Belichick's a little bit different, but Belichick, you know, greatest Super Bowl-winning coach in the history of the NFL. To come to terms as a fan base with the fact that uh, a huge page of your history is about to be turned and you can never go back, it's tough. So if it is a 2-4 and four start... 
when do the Patriots fans begin to get the throat and begin to have the guts to finally say, you know what, it might be time to move on. That's going to be, that's an underrated sub-headline of this entire season. Because it's, it's awkward. It happened with the Dolphins and Shula. I mean, the same exact thing. The Dolphins and Shula, he's getting old. You're not competing. You're not a Super Bowl contender any longer. You got to come to terms with it at some point, and it's not easy. It's really not easy. Like I don't know if if you, Jeanette, in your in it, from a coaching standpoint, and with your teams, whether it's the Bucks or the Magic, really ever went through anything like that per se. I guess Gruden, yeah, to an extent, yeah. Though he, he wasn't gets like an asterisk, yeah, but he wasn't like long, long, long term. And I'm one of those people that believe he just picked up Tony Dungy's team and then won a Super Bowl. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, which is which is fair. That's why I say he gets an asterisk. When you have a when you have a a, a coach who is is part of like the the fabric of your community, like Ditka when I was growing up in Chicago or Shula down here, it's hard to come to terms with the fact that hey, you know what, this is this is it, and we could see that this year with the Patriots and and Belichick. Jeanette is right on. Belichick certainly is in this discussion of NFL head coach that has something to prove this year. We've had Josh McDaniel. I say it's Robert Sala. Jeanette's going with Bill Belichick. Which NFL head coach most has something to prove this year? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And the social media is open on a Friday at KLV 106.3. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Which NFL head coach most has something to prove this year? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Still in this first hour, Steve Politziner, about nine minutes away. Ask Steve's here on ESPN 106.3. Hang with us, won't you? Stone, we're playing a game. We're playing for prizes. We're giving you fun. It's good times all around. It's a damn party on a Friday. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you are not. Okay. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Always worth revisiting that. That was the most expensive exchange in ESPN history. That, the highest price debate that that fine network has ever had. Stephen A. Smith and Jay Will exchanging this following red hot take debate. No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you are not. God, that's glorious. It just proves that I'm doing way too much. I know. We are doing way too much to get that million dollar bag. Right. Hey, having a topic? Eh, Who cares? Uh, Less is more. I guess. Less is more. Yes. Uh, we, We come up with these topics and we're trying to engage discussion trying to entertain but you know what all it takes is this all it takes is shown to us by Stephen A. Smith is is this 
No, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you are not. We're putting way too much effort yep. into this. Give us that bag. We can simplify it. No stone. Yes, Ken. No stone. Yes, Ken. You guys are doing too much. Stop using each other's names. <laughs> no and yes. That's it. You're doing way too much. Try it again. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. Bag us. Million yeah. dollars. Jeanette I get a commission of that. Jeanette doesn't know it, but she has just spawned the new worst segment in the history <laughs> of this show, debuting next Wednesday here on Ken Levick Alive. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Jeff who messages in. Sean Payton is the NFL head coach with the most approved this year. He should have kept his mouth shut. Uh, wrong. I'm going to defend Sean Payton here. I don't think Sean Payton, I don't think you defending him helps him at all. Why? Just because it's Sean Payton. What would uh, your defense do to his uh, coaching tenure in Denver? Sean Payton has definitely reached that, like, I will defend him at all costs. When you reach that level of petty, going at Nathaniel Hackett like that, and putting everybody down and handing the receipts, you're ripping bongs in rooms and whatnot, he's living his best life. He can do whatever the heck he wants. Uh, I do think that Sean Payton came to mind for me. Mm. Sean Payton came to mind for me because of the weird take on Nathaniel Hackett that he did and the fact that this is a guy who whose name over the last couple of years, his name came up even while he was still the head coach of the Saints, came up for every available big NFL coaching job. Like, oh, uh, discourse with Sean Payton, uh, conversation with Sean Payton, interest in Sean Payton. He became the, the new Gruden. Uh, you remember before Gruden took the Raiders job, every single year it was, oh, which team is going to pull John Gruden out of the broadcast booth? John Gruden, the myth of John Gruden grew because of his TV work. So he became the most sought-after coaching free agent for years before he finally decided that the Raiders were for him. Uh, Sean Payton, not to that extent, but Sean Payton became the next John Gruden from that standpoint. Sean Payton, though, comes in to a situation where the quarterback lives in the has the most approved world more so than Sean Payton does. Sean Payton is an answer to this question because he took the John Gruden path from out of the booth to coaching situation and was that top NFL, can we land him, this hothead coach who grew his brand out of myth like John Gruden did? Uh, but but I think Russell Wilson is the leader of that most approved race between him and his head coach. Yeah, the scapegoat race. Yeah. A scapegoat race that doesn't exist in Jets world with Robert Sala. A scapegoat uh, that doesn't exist with Bill Belichick. A scapegoat that doesn't exist with Josh McDaniel. There's that cushion there for uh, for Sean Payton. Why don't we bring in a man who has a bigger brain than all of us? He is the critical thinker of the bunch. He joins us every week. He's a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer and so much more. Time now for Steve Politziner and Ask Steve's. Steve Pollitt Senior is a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, a business maven, an accomplished youth coach, and a worldly family man. Every week he bestows his expansive wisdom upon us. It's time again for Ask Steve's, presented by PNC Bank. See how they can make a difference for you at PNC.com. You've got mail. Steve Pollitt Senior. 
here on ESPN 106.3. And so uh, uh, before we get into uh, to our topic here, Steve, I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, yesterday, uh, I, I had to uh, be a, an adult volunteer at my daughter's dance boot camp. They're learning their competition dances in the lead up to school starting on Monday. And I got a whole lot of Mr addressed my way yesterday as I was overseeing uh, these these young ladies and making sure nothing catastrophic happened. I don't know about you, and you've been older than me. You're not much older than me, but you've been older than me um, for a longer period of time. I don't love being called Mr. Levicka or Mr. Kent because it does make me feel... It makes me feel aged when I don't. I I I, sh- I shouldn't feel that way. Are you a Mr. Steve, Mr. Politziner guy? How do you have no. kids address you? Yeah. How, how does that happen? Yeah. Hey guys, I'm totally with you. I uh, somebody kept writing "sir" to me the other day, uh. and and I was like, until I'm knighted by the British Parliament or whoever decides that, you, please don't call me sir. I I agree. Um, now there's some protocol, like some people like want their kids to address like adults. I do have some friends that, uh, whose kids will say like, Hey, you know, Mr. Paul Singer, and, and I feel, I don't correct them cause I know that's what they want, how they want their, like the manners they're teaching their kids, but it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate it. I, Stone, do you get a, a mister? Uh, I don't get a mister. No, I get a coach more so. Okay. And then Jeanette, do you get a Mrs. Ever? Are no. you ever in a situation where you have uh, young people under your tutelage? <laughs> no, my nieces and my, ne- my nephews call me Thea. Okay. That's it. See, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's just wildly uncomfortable. I do not like it uh, at all. Steve Politziner, Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, uh, Famer, business maven, family man, and knower of all things with us here on Ken Levick Alive. We've been, we've been discussing the NFL head coach that has the most to prove. It's occurred to me that Robert Sala, if the Jets don't make the playoffs this year, he's going the Eric Mangini route. Uh, you can't have what Sala has and not make the postseason. So I don't even want to call it pressure because every coach has pressure, but this is the most to prove. Jeanette dropped to Bill Belichick. I think that's perfect because he still has not shed the Tom Brady stigma. We've got a Josh McDaniel. We have a Sean Payton in the mix for you. The NFL head coach that has the most approved going into 2023 is whom? Yeah, it's funny. I don't, I don't, those are all fair. And if you're right, there's different levels of pressure versus like, like, like a lot of people are going to get fired no matter what. So you can say all of them have something to prove. They're going to get fired. Salah will probably get fired. I don't think he has the most approved to me. Because, uh, but Stalin will get fired. To me, it's actually Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera has to prove that this new regime, this entire, this new organization, right? It was too late to fire him and start from scratch on their own. He's off to a very rocky start already, you know, with the Eric Bieniemy comments to to reporters. Uh, I think Ron Rivera, they have to go deep and he, for him to show that he is, going to be part of what they're rebuilding because a lot of times when you take something over you want to you want to start it over and he's been doing this a long time which means it might be tougher for him to adapt i think ron rivera has got to knock it out of the park for example Salah might have a dip let's say the jets make the playoff lose in the first round right oh well you should have gone further with rogers it's it, 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 rivera has to go so far in, sh- in proving that he belongs there i think that no eight and eight, no nine and seven 
they have to make a deep run for him to uh, justify his future with that franchise. Uh, Steve Paulson or Ask Steve's here on ESPN 106.3. Yeah, Ron Rivera didn't even. This is how I feel about the Commanders, though. They're so like irrelevant in my brain because it's just been so long since there's been anything interesting outside of, hey, that owner sucks, that they don't even occur to me anymore as an option to discuss what sucks because they just always suck. I, th- that's sort of where I, I sit here with the with the commanders. Uh, I, I I wanted to uh, the 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 broken relationship. What we saw with James Harden, he's uh, in China, and apparently a reporter from Houston caught up with him. I don't know how you get that assignment. The uh, hey buddy, you were going to send you to Guangdong, uh, so uh, say goodbye to your family because uh, you're going to be there chasing down James Harden for the next three weeks. But he said that his relationship his relationship is beyond repair with the Philadelphia 76ers. And I tell you what, the way this White Sox season has gone, uh, there's some relationships there are that are beyond repair with me, so I can relate. Uh, for you, Steve, a sports personality, whether it is uh, a player or a coach or a team, have you ever gotten to a point just as a fan where your relationship is beyond repair with that entity? I don't even like cycling. When you when I heard you talking about this, I was thinking, I like, it's not like I like cycling. I don't watch the Tour de France. But I bought into Lance Armstrong was like a real story. And when he came out, such a phony, like, liar you know, yeah. abuser. You know, he ruined people's lives to protect his lives. There's nothing I don't think that guy could do that would ever make me uh, feel any good feeling like about him. Even like, like uh, overcome cancer, like all the things he did, but the way he like ruined people's um, who got in his way or or who were going to expose his lies. That's an unrepairable one to me. Like if he's broadcasting. I'm not really interested in hearing him, what he has to say. Because if you really look in the stories of, you know, how he used his wealth and his power to destroy people that knew the truth, uh, I'm not a fan. And Jeanette, that actually defies what you feel about Lance Armstrong, right? Like We know, and you acknowledge that, hey, the cheating, the cycling, the way he tore people down, that's bad. But you still stand by the, hey, he was an inspiration for a lot of people still. Absolutely. I'm a huge Lance Armstrong stan, if they, people even use that word. Because I used to cycle a lot, Steve, and my dad was heavily in that community. And I watched Tour de France every year for a solid decade growing up when I played volleyball. And cycling, that industry overall, is filled with liars, cheaters, steroids, all of that. People just hated Lance on his success. And, you know, yes, he kind of capped it off with his story of surviving cancer. But he still raised a bunch of money for cancer and brought a lot of attention to cancer survivors and his story. So... I still defense, defend Lance Armstrong despite that controversy. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ask, Beth, ask Frankie and Betsy Andrew about that um, and uh, see what they have to say. Um, I, that's the problem. I thought like, what he did was so great um, until you dug in and found it, it wasn't. Uh, we have a question. Well, Jeanette and I rarely agree, though. So. Yeah, but I was just going to say, have you had your first pumpkin spice latte yet? <laughs> they came out yesterday. Yeah, well, um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of them at all Starbucks because no one drinks them. 
<laughs> Send them my way, Steve. Except Send for Jeanette. Way. Yes, Jeanette, uh, mouth agape, uh, will be consuming uh, <laughs> pumpkin spice. Steve Pollitt, Senior Ask Steve's here on ESPN 106.3. Question, this is from Bernard in Stewart. Bernard in Stewart. Steve, I know you're someone who is ingrained in the business world, and I understand the prospect of inflation on sports. Is there still a ticket price, a collective price for a family when you go to a sporting event that causes you to pause and perhaps turn away from the opportunity to attend that sporting event? That's Billy. You're saying is, is, is there sport, are there tickets that are too expensive? Yeah, yeah, where where you see it, because for me, like, l- let me put myself in Bernard's shoes here. Uh, sorry, I called Bernard Billy, which I believe was last week's uh, person who asked a question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like, if I see something that's around, like, $500, that, I'll be like, oh, God. Keeping in mind that it's very difficult to go to, say, a Dolphins game, family of four, and do the parking and do the tickets and do that whole thing for for under like six fifty, seven hundred dollars in that spot. So, do you? Is there is there any any instance where you're like, whoa, whoa? You pause for a second and you're just like, man, that is a violation of my sensibilities. Well, yeah, I mean, sports tickets in general have gotten extremely expensive, but it's the NFL for me because you know to commit to Going to an NFL game, I was just looking at ticket prices the other day for, you know, for something and like a decent seed. And I'm not, not, not pointing fingers at one particular team or one particular um, uh, area, but I mean, if you want to take four people, it could sell over a thousand dollars to eat, park, uh, all, all, you know, all of the things. And then what are you giving up when you go to an NFL game? You're giving up watching everything else. You're giving up red zone. You're giving up, yeah. you know, your fantasy. Uh, I think the NFL is going to be a very, very costly proposition, which is why, of course, they supplement it with all of the corporate suites and all the corporate tickets and the personal, you know, personal seat licenses. But I do wonder that. I'm like, how would a fa- could a family of four or whatever just want to go, you know, go buy season tickets, it, much, much less one game? Yeah. It's like cost prohibitive now. And. Uh- you go and you sit in the heat and uh, you put your body through so much when you could easily on Sunday, easily just go to a Duffy sports grill with the family. Oh God, Ken, what a segue. You should be submitting these for some sort of segue sponsorship read segue award, because you know what, Ken, at Duffy sports grill, guess what's available now? Jack Daniels, summer barbecue through August 30. First, I who, who's I uh, hear. I feel like that's one thing we can agree on, uh-huh. even Jeanette and me. <laughs> a little signature sauce, worthy of the award-winning certification. Not to mention your Angus beef, your buffalo wings, and the like. Because at Duffy's, our game is always on. Actually, let me just re- repeat this, please. Okay, this sure. is new. This sure. is a new a new tag. Mm-hmm. Let me read you what's in the, 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 the Jack Daniels single barrel select whiskey with smoky, earthy flavor and the tangy sweetness of the signature barbecue sauce. I'm sold. That's what's going on right now at Duffy's till the end of the month. Uh, Steve, have yourself a great weekend. Thank you, as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye. That is Steve Politziner, Ask Steve's Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer. When was the last time Steve probably even had to pay for a sporting ticket? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I do like, I think he likes to contribute to the American way of life. So I think he is, he is pushing money into the, into the economy. Jeanette, why didn't you ask him the big hitting question when he was on the phone? 
Because sometimes I get in trouble for asking questions. <laughs> I felt like that might have been one of them. Yeah. I thought that was the good one. I would have put him up against the wall. Yeah, what we're, what we're going to do. And that's what gets me in trouble. Maybe uh, maybe Luann from uh, Boynton can ask that question next week. Uh, Luann, come uh, through, Luann. Luann, if you're listening, go ahead and send it in as a question for Steve Politino. Uh When we come back, my football vibes are down bad. Bad. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. I'm just going to give you a heads up, Stone. We're going to need some Oppenheimer here. I am... Um, yesterday, if, if you didn't know, but if you tried to listen, you definitely did know that myself, Jeanette, and Stone were not on. Uh, that was a Ken LaVica-inflicted show wound uh, because I, I had family responsibilities. I was, uh, I was, I was, as I described to Steve last segment, volunteering. I was the adult presence for four hours at my daughter's dance boot camp where they're learning their competition dances during the course of the week. Happy to report no fatalities, no injuries. I was just going to ask that part. Any drama? How do? How, are you okay? Are there any injuries on your part? How are you doing after that experience? I'm good. It took some um, some breathing exercises mm. at times, mm. um, but uh, the the girls, the the big girls, as they call them, ten to fourteen, ages ten to fourteen, they were a huge help. Very responsible. So I appreciate uh, appreciate them for helping. Now one area of concern that you had was part of the makeup and the hair process. Yeah. What what was your responsibilities? Did you have to do that? Didn't at even all? have to do anything. Didn't have to do anything. Uh, no bun making. Okay. Didn't have to even have to do a, a high ponytail. Um, it was perfect. What about makeup? No makeup? No makeup. Nothing. Nothing. So it what was, did you do? It was just strictly boot camp. I sat there, made sure that uh, there was no bloodshed. Uh, kept kept them entertained as much as I could. It was much more difficult, actually, when the big girls were off doing their dance. So then I had the younger girls, and they're the ones who, like, want to play and do all that stuff. So, whatever. You you humor them. Did you have to reprimand any of the girls? I did not reprimand anybody. Okay. There was a little bit of a physical incident between two seven-year-olds. There was a, a, a push that resulted in someone falling, but uh, they worked it out okay. I checked on her. I checked on the one that was pushed, well, the like, victim in that assault. Hey, you all right? Yeah. It's sort of what it was. I walked over. I'm like. standing in a corner the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, you okay? She was like, yeah. And that was enough for me. That was good. It's always weird parenting other people's kids. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it, because I, I don't want to overstep any bounds, right? I, I, I really was fearful of there being like something I would have to go into parent mode with. And I don't, like, I don't, I don't parent. I don't want to parent other people's kids because. I don't want to do something where then the parents are like, would you say that to my daughter? Why'd you say that? You know, I don't want to be in that situation. It gives me anxiety. But everything was fine. Everything was good. What didn't help is while I'm trying to focus on this, I'm looking down at my phone and I'm seeing Taryn Armstead and a cart. The Dolphins, like that's the Dolphins season right there. If Taryn Armstead goes down and can't play a single snap this year, then that's the season. That, they, they, that's that's a nuclear bomb on the Dolphins season right there. Like I saw, I looked at, at social media, Taron Armstead taken off on a cart, no weight placed on his leg, and this was a, my immediate thought. 
So then luckily, apparently, and he took a video of himself walking at the Texans facility. That's where they're at. There's a Personally, it didn't make practice. me feel any better. No, because it's very ginger. It right? is. And I he, thought. I mean, like, what I else? I should have you... helped you feel better. He he couldn't walk before he couldn't put any weight on his leg, and he put a video up with weight on his leg. But it's like, hey guys, I'm okay, and I'm, like, I won't be at practice soon. I but can't, I'm great. I'm right. walking. It's better. It's hope. I can't it's progress. It's it not as more, bad as it used to be. He does say he'll be okay. I still don't know what that means. And I've seen plenty of people tearing ACL and walk the exact way Taron Armstead was walking yeah. in his social media video yesterday. Yeah. But the the vibes are. Uh, the vibes are uh, are real, real bad. While we mention Taryn Armstead, why don't we uh, get ourselves to a Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Emporium? Hut! Green! Hut! Hut! Oh, no. There's a man down. And don't worry, in the next segment, Jeanette, uh, the Dolphins' vibes are real, real bad. Like we'll, we'll get to it because it gets worse than that. Uh-oh. Significantly worse than that. You experiencing foot and ankle pain need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Taryn Armstead and at this point still unknown leg injury is the subject of our Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Emporium. When are we going to see him again? I don't know. What do I hope happens? He gets placed into bubble wrap, and he lives in a hyperbaric chamber for the next one, two, three weeks, and I don't want to see him until week one, okay? I will Instacart groceries to him. I will deliver any of his needs, both personally and via app, but I don't want to see this man on a football field until week one, till, till the opening Sunday of the NFL season. Taryn Armstead, please, God, we need you. Oh, my God, please, God. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Jeanette Javier's buddy Xavier Howard's back in the news. Uh oh. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken LeVick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.